right, I think I'm in. Okay, what's going on? Boy, Derek D. Wild, man. We're doing another episode of Detroit Chess Killers Podcast. I'm on here with my good chess buddy, J.J. Lane. How's it going? How's it going? What's the good news, J.J.? We came, how can I put it? I met you face-to-face at the Chicago for the first round. You played my homeboy, Joseph Gasson, and uh, I, y'all had a wild Sylvester call. <laughs> Sicilian game. Uh, well, I think Joe should have won, but I don't know what he was doing. He wasn't paying attention to the clock. And you uh, <laughs> end up winning. But for a lot of folks that don't know you, introduce yourself. Speak on how you got, you know, introduced to the game of chess. The floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've tried to put the, uh, the second half of that game out of my memory. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Joseph was winning that game. I swindled him into a draw. And in calculating a way out of it, he didn't look at his clock and lost on time. So, not my finest hour, but when I'm not stealing games of chess. So, uh, so let's see, I uh, started playing when I was 12. Um, in my middle school, there was an English teacher who, when he was in the Air Force, started playing. And he got his USCF rating to about 2,000. And so he just like bought some chess boards, brought them to school once a week, and had a chess club. And I later realized we were like the only middle school like in the county with a chess club and really in the area. This was in uh, North Carolina. So North Carolina now is a good chess scene. Charlotte, Charlotte Chess Center, Peter Giannata's a lot going on. But at the time, like in like Chapel Hill where I was in, there was very little for chess. So lots of parents driving us to uh, two, three hours to Virginia, to Charlotte for tournaments. So did that for like middle and high school. Really like tactics, really like towel attacking chess. Uh, got up to like 1700 and then college started and I just lost interest in playing tournaments, studying, all that. And uh, a year ago, I was moving to New York for a few months for a teaching exchange to teach at City College New York to teach philosophy and uh, mm-hmm. figured if I'm going to New York, you know, time to get back into chess. So mm-hmm. downloaded a couple big books, uh, bought a membership to Marshall Chess Club for six months and just started playing a bunch of tournaments and... Uh, it went well. Uh, I think that the difference between 18-year-old me and 28-year-old me is I got a lot smarter. <laughs> not maybe... Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe You know, wasn't studying chess, but like learned how to study, learned how to think, got a lot more in touch like with my, uh, my psychology with like realizing when I would panic and learning how to like not buy into that. I think as a kid, I would be like, oh, you know, it just wasn't my kind of game. It wasn't a tactical game. That's why I lost. And not like, and like kind of like chalk it up to bad luck that I didn't get to play my kind of game instead of learn how to like make it my kind of game, learn how to become a better player. So that just, I think that kind of like psychological shift and getting more serious about it that way, uh, my rating went way up. So I'm like a little under 2100 right now. And uh Trying to finish a PhD and trying to make master, and it's anyone's guess which is going to happen first. Uh, neither are going well. <laughs> neither are going well. Well, they're going so, slow. They're going slow. They're going slow. So, outside of chess, yeah. What I mean, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Like you said, you're trying to get a PhD. You know, give give the, the viewers, you know, some background on yourself. Of course. Yeah, so... Uh, so I'm finishing up a PhD in philosophy, which is a lot of reading and writing. Um, I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So between the months of November and March, I'm doing very little except watching college basketball. 
You're North Carolina. Fan? Oh yes, sir. Now I'm gonna tell you something. A lot of folks don't know about uh, me. All right. My family is actually from North Carolina and Arkansas. Oh really? Yes, I have. Everybody from my father's side of the family is from North Carolina and Arkansas. My mother's side is from Detroit. I've never been down to North Carolina to actually visit my family. You should go. You know where in North Carolina? Uh, I I know where it's at, but I've never been. <laughs> you should go. My grandmama, my cousins, all North Carolina. Well, it's a you know, it's a good place. It's uh especially if you can get near Charlotte, they got a they got a lot of chess going on there now. So I think I think you'd be at home. Yeah, but I ain't playing that type of chess. They playing that Charlotte chess yet. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you know, you know, it's a good, it's always a good experience. Uh, yeah, but no. So uh, you got any North Carolina fans in your family? My whole family is a uh, North Carolina uh, fan. All right. North Carolina football, basketball, Carolina Panthers. Uh, when we lost that championship to uh, Denver. Six- no, uh, no, college basketball. Oh, college basketball. That, uh, yeah, that jump shot, man. You, you talking about a fight? Villanova, yeah. Yeah, we diehard North Carolina fans, but I, my family has a family reunion down there every year. I've never been. <laughs> well, let me know if you're down there. Maybe I'll be visiting my family, too. Yeah, but I'm, go, go ahead. Keep on introducing yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to drop that in. College basketball, college basketball. Uh, and... Uh, when I was when I was at college, I was a radio DJ too, so I'm always always keeping up on music. Um, pretty all over the map there, but chess, philosophy, basketball, music, um, more or less about it. Oh, so you hoop now? <laughs> more watching than playing. I can't tell you the last time I played. Um, back, I never even played on like a high school team, but. Um, I used to I used to have an RA jump shot. That's probably my only redeeming feature. I think they would call me a three N D reserve if I if you saw oh, that, the gun report. Oh that's cool. I mean ain't nothing wrong with playing red ball. We play red ball, you know, go to the recreation center, get it in. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up basketball. What do you think about they say Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan to the Brooklyn Nets? Can you imagine two superstars who are gonna blame each other more for everything that goes wrong than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? I mean, they two crybabies, but they can hoop. They, they can hoop, but slightest thing goes wrong. You know, Kyrie makes a passive-aggressive comment about KD. KD, you think you think he's going to be all right with that? I don't know, man. It's going to be scary. It's going to be scary to play against them for sure, but they got to play 82 games together, you know, without without pissing each other off. Well, like you said, it looked like Kevin Durant will miss the whole next season. That's true. So, so it'll be Kyrie's team for a bit. We'll see how KD feels yeah. about that. Right. And he went from being, you know, he went from being the best player on the Warriors, and everyone loves Steph. To now, by the time he gets there, Kyrie's going to feel like it's his team. So we'll see how he feels about that. So we know he ain't going to be the best player on Brooklyn. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, he he come, You know, he's a better player than Kyrie. Oh yeah. Just, let's just keep it real. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, everyone, so everyone, but Kyrie knows that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, put it like that. They're not alpha males. So what's the word for them? <laughs> Crybabies. I mean, because I don't want to call. I mean, they can hoop, but just mentally, they they soft. So what is the? 
you know, my terminology be, you know what I'm saying, wordage be. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't know what you call it. Just they're uh but yeah, they're just uh they're a little they're a little uh they're a little spoiled. They're a little you know, which I don't blame them. You know, if I made that much money, if you're being that good at basketball, I'd probably be spoiled too. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. But you know, that's, that's true. But yeah, I'm I'm waiting to hear what happens with Ka- with uh, Kawhi. That's uh, that, the Clippers. You think so? Is that is that is that the word? That I'm not. That's what I'm, uh, either he stays or he goes to uh, the Clippers. Yeah, man. I yeah. I can't. I mean, no one can get a read on him, so I, I don't know. But uh, I can't. I just can't imagine leaving Toronto after that season. But he can. Once I once you go somewhere and win a championship, that's true. Leave, right? That's true. I don't know. Uh, but and I guess now now knowing about Brooklyn, now knowing about Brooklyn, <laughs> he has to decide. Uh, well, I guess KD's out this season, so it's probably it's probably still easier to get to the finals in the East than the West. Oh, it's always going to be uh, easier in the East. I would stay in the East, though. I would stay in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Because I still think they would come out the East. They would still be the favorite. Yeah, I'm in Milwaukee. Uh, I think, I know this sounds crazy. I think they need another player. Who is their number two player? I guess it was Middleton, but he's a free agent too, right? No, I think he just re-signed. Okay, okay. So, uh, so I guess Middleton. But yeah, I see what you're saying. That's not a that's not a superstar. But you think he like really dominant when the Greek freak ain't really getting off? Uh probably not. And I saw they traded they traded Brogdon to Indiana. Who? Uh, Milwaukee. They traded Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, see, I, I missed out on that. <laughs> I missed out on that. Yeah, that's so, that's all I saw. Yeah, but okay. Anyways, this is all going to be old news by the time anyone's listening to us. No, this coming out soon as we finish. Oh, all right, all right, okay. Never mind. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Floor is yours. Floor is yours. Let's get back to chess. Yeah, please. Give me some advice because I'm going to play in the World Open under two thousand section. Under two thousand. All right. Uh, what's what? Uh, how many days are you playing? Like the fast section? I'm playing into. I'm doing the four day. Four day. All right. So, yeah, so, you know, this, I think the biggest thing for long tournaments, and I haven't played a lot of long tournaments, but um, it's how, I think it's how you take care of yourself, how you eat, getting enough sleep. I think that has a lot more to do with your chest by like round six, round seven than anything else. Um, in high school, I remember like my mom was like, uh, she's like a, been teaching yoga since the 80s type right so she's like a nutrition type so we would eat healthy growing up and then chess tournaments was the time when it was we could go out get fast food uh back in north carolina we had this place called cookout burger two sides shake for five bucks so chess tournaments was the time to eat cookout but then you know suddenly my body is used to steamed vegetables and uh now suddenly it's slowing down and so by like I would always, I would always like to be doing all right in tournaments and like lose round four, round five. And I think a big part of that is, uh, what are you eating? Are you, are, are you eating the same thing you're usually eating? Are you getting enough nutrition? Another part of it is sleep. Um, I would always be nervous going into the last few rounds. And that's something I'd love to talk about more is just the kind of, uh, psychological aspect of the game. Cause those nerves, you know, Maybe by the end of the first day, you're fine. Maybe by day two, you're fine. But day three, day four, if you're thinking about winning, if you're thinking about what chances you missed, or if you're just tired, that uh, 
that is going to affect your play, I think, a lot more than anything you do or don't study in the next few weeks. But um, I'd also say if you haven't if you haven't read the book uh, Chess Structures by Mauricio Flores. Yeah, I got that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, memorize it. That's my, uh, my, I think my chess advice is nothing has, uh, nothing has changed my play more than trying to absorb that. Now, I have the book. Are you familiar with chess or the website? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of books I can't read, so I get them on chessable and it makes it easier for me. That makes sense? Yeah, for sure. So like, so like you're able to like flip through it, try the exercises, be quizzed on it. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. That kind of that kind of learning makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So you got you got it on chessable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I think that so I think that's good. Just for and I guess for for folks who haven't read it, it's a it's a book that goes through a lot of openings d four c four Sicilian knight or Benoni. And shows what pawn structure you get out of the opening, and then explains what each side's plan should be based on the pawn structure. So, you know, like you have the isolated D pawn, what should you do? You're playing against it, what should you do? And I think what really works is there's a lot of examples of Grandmaster games where it just explains here's when the plans work, here's when the plans don't work. And it's that second part I think that's really important because it's one thing to be like, oh, I have the D4 pawn, so I should attack. And then you lose, and you're like, why did I lose? But this is a book that's like, here, notice how you have the isolated D pawn, but you can't get the knight to E5. Um, they can blockade. This is this is the kind of time when it loses. And I think that's the sort of insight that uh, that helps. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I agree. That's a great book. Uh, actually, I can't think I was at a tournament. Another strong player recommended that book, uh, to me. So I, I do have that, you know, in one of these drawers over here, but like when I go to a tournament, I'm eating reckless hamburgers, pizza, man, just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, it's hard not to, because, uh, you don't have a lot of time between rounds. Usually you're at a hotel mm-hmm. where the salad is $15. Um, right. And no one's trying to do that. No one in their right mind is trying to do that. So it's, uh, so some of it is like, yeah, some of it, you know, is what can you afford? What can you do? But like, I always try to go to a grocery store, pick up a few things that are cheap, but at least have some sort of veggies in it. Um, what about fruits? Oh yeah. Fruits for sure. Uh, that, I think that's a good bit of sugar for a five hour game. You need it. So I'll usually show up with like a pack of bananas, a couple salads, uh, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan, but I try to get some vegan stuff just because it's not going to go bad if it sits out all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, so that's my main go-to. You know, is like if it doesn't have any meat and doesn't have any cheese or eggs in it, um, it can sit in your backpack all day and it's going to be fine. Uh, cool. That's not. Yeah, don't don't get mad at me if you get sick from doing that. But that's what I'll do is I'll go to Trader Joe's, get some fruit, get some nuts, trail mix, get some like some like vegan salad stuff and usually I can get like three days out of meals for that for uh not very much money um cool and I just feel better that way and you said another thing about getting a proper rest yeah what time do you use like going like I've never been to Philadelphia this be my first world open I've never played so the world open there. 
You said you never. I never played. I never played. See, this is my first. So when I get there, mm-hmm. you know, you know how it is. Tournament over. You got free time. What do you think is a proper time? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you still want to have some fun. Yeah. Your own business. Yeah. What you said. What you said. That. That's. I think that's the hardest part. Is like that's the thing you want to balance, right? Is you're spending money to get out there. You're taking time to get out there. Um, and let's be honest, you and I, we're not, we're not professionals, right? Like this isn't our job. We, we, we're doing this because we love it. So we want to have fun. So, I mean, so let's see. So I think part of it's going to be what time, what time does the round start in the morning, right? Like if it's a, if it's an 11 AM game, you can get up at nine. So have a, have a morning, go on a walk. So you're not just waking up. So go to nine. So if, even if you went to sleep at one, you're still uh, you're still getting eight hours of sleep for an eleven o'clock game. Right. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it starts earlier. Maybe it starts like ten or nine. But I think you can get eight hours. If you can get eight hours of rest in, um, then that's fine. You that's that's compatible with going out having fun. Um, right. And sometimes you know sometimes it becomes seven hours. But uh. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, Chicago Open, I uh, stayed up and played, tried to play the Blitz tournament and that didn't end. Well, I withdrew because it wasn't going well, but like, I think I withdrew around one o'clock in the morning and I think the first round was like at nine or something and I was just so tired the next day. Um, it, uh, <coughs> it, uh, it could definitely see the way it affected my chest. It, uh, thankfully, I was able to win both games, but um, did not did not play well, was tired. And also that was just day two. So I think, I think that's the big thing is sleep really gets you the, uh, the day after. So, you know, if I had a, if there was a day three for me, then that's probably when I would have regretted playing the blitz. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely don't want to be like, I definitely wouldn't recommend, you know, eating like a monk, only raw vegetables, and then going to bed as soon as your game's done and not talking to anyone. That sounds, that sounds miserable. But uh, yes. But I think uh, I think there's a way to you know eat a little bit healthier without spending a lot of money. Go to bed a little earlier while still having fun and like and 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 yeah, you know, do do it for your chest. Right. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. So you're a uh, what's what's your rating at now? It's um uh, it's like high 1900s, right? Yeah. See, I'm like you. Like when I was a kid, I'm used to my, like when I was a kid, I was 17. I was like top hundred in my age group. I was like 17, 1800 mm-hmm. at 17. Mm-hmm. You know, you you get 18, you working, you at college. You know, what I'm yeah. Saying? So I took time off, and now I'm getting back into it. And I said this before, my coach actually passed, and he told me this is a true story. I was the strongest player he ever coached. I should have been 2000 when I was a kid, but I was bullshitting around. So my goal now is to break expert, and then once I get expert for him, at least make master. Mm-hmm. So when I'm playing chess, it's I got a passion for chess. Yeah, you want to make the money, but I really love the game. So my goal is I'm going to the World Open. I'm a win. I'm a break two thousand nineteen thirty five. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, this is uh, so this is this is something that I always go back and forth on is like. When you're when you care more about um, the rating than the money is uh, playing your section versus playing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be like play up, do it for the rating, and then uh, Chicago <coughs> Open I played under twenty one hundred, and uh, my rating it was twenty ninety eight, and uh, I did not win. 
I did not. I didn't. I, I, I think I finished. Uh, I made I finished like whatever it was that barely made money. So like I made seventy five dollars um, less than the entry fee. And there it was. And I think the other thing. So so on one hand, I'm like, you know, I probably could have gotten some better games if I played the higher section. Right. But also, I think what I'm starting to realize is uh, the way the way you know you're really improving at chess is uh, when you're consistent, when you're getting those results consistently. Like right. I bet you've beaten plenty of masters, um, and I've beaten plenty of masters. But I think at one point in the fall, I realized that like my last uh, twelve games against people in the 2200, 2300 range was like six wins or whatever it was like four wins four losses four draws or something but then right. my, in the uh, 1800 to 2100 range my last 12 games were like four wins four losses four draws right. and it's like okay you know I want to work on that um, I'm ha- going even with masters that's great but if I, if I can go even with 2200s why am I going even with 2000s why am I having such a hard time being 1800s um, and so I feel like it's that, uh, so I think there's really something to be said for, uh, working on that consistency, like play your section when you're, uh, I think I was, ta- I was talking briefly to Casa Corley at the, uh, I am Casa Corley at the, uh, Chicago open. And he was like, yeah, when you're really as good as you think you are, you will win your section. Uh. <laughs> you know what? That, I like that. That's not, it sounds so simple, but it makes sense. Because I think a lot of us, we have this uh, tendency to be like, well, you know, my rating says I'm uh, uh, 2,000, but uh, I beat a 2,230 last week and drew a 2,300. So I'm really way better than 2,000. And then you look at the rating, it's like, yeah, you did. And then the week before that, you lost to an 1,800. The week before that, you drew a 1,600. And so it's like, yeah, you have that potential. You, When everything clicks, you're going there. But that 2,300 is 2,300 because... They do that all the time. Um, and they have that they have that consistency. So I feel like I feel like there really is something to be said for, you know, something goes horrible and you don't win your section. Um, there's something really there to work on, even because because it means, you know, you have you have that potential clearly and you're doing well, but if someone if someone gets you who's under two thousand, then that's just a sign that there's more to work on. And so that's why I took from that tournament. For me, planning under twenty one hundred was, you know, I went five out of seven. I'm doing well. I'm better than a lot of these people. But if I'm not going six and a half out of seven, seven out of seven, then there's parts of my game that really are under twenty one hundred. You know, that makes sense. That's the first time somebody has, you know, broke it down to me like that. You have to dominate the class under you, pretty much what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and that's and yeah, and I think that uh, and I think that's also been good for me uh, because it used to be when I was pared down, I used to have two reactions: uh, anger and fear. I was angry that I wasn't getting a chance to beat somebody higher rated than me, and mm-hmm. I was afraid that I was paired against somebody who would get 20 of my rating points if I lost. Right. That's a pretty bad way to go into the game, right? Right. You're 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 in almost you're not intimidated of the player, but you're thinking about, oh man, you know, I'll get like three points if I win and like lose twenty if I lose. Um 
I'm even if you're not like even if you play aggressive, you know, you're a little bit scared. You're thinking of the rating, and best case scenario just is you beat somebody you're supposed to beat. So instead, having this thought of look, you know, I'm gonna beat the next 20 people rated 200 points below me that I play because I'm that much better than them. Um, and if I don't do it, then that means I'm not as good as I think I am, and I'm gonna learn from it. And I think that attitude is just more like, yeah, you know, um, when this is second na nature to me, when this is easy, that's when that's when I'm actually learning. That's when things are clicking. Yeah, that 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 actually that actually makes sense. That really do. That actually makes sense. I like it. Like you said, broke down that way. When you can dominate the class above you, around you, then like you said, you know you're there to step up, go up to the next weight class, pretty much. Exactly. And I mean, you know, there's the Chicago class coming up in a few weeks and I'm like, well, you know, there's an under 2200 section and then there's an open and here's like, well, you know, I feel like maybe I'll play the open, but it's more about what my goals are. You know, if I feel like really working my ass off and trying to dominate, then I'll play the under 2200. But I'm, I also, you know, I miss playing, I miss playing 2300s and 2400s now that I'm in New York. That was fun too. So maybe I'll play the open to do that, but just being clear on what do I want out of chess? Because you'll get a lot out of playing somebody that you're quote unquote supposed to beat. And you'll get a lot out of playing somebody who's 300 points above you. So it's just being able to make that mindset shift of being like, when I'm playing that 2400, this is my chance to show what my potential is. And when I'm playing that 1800, this is my chance to show how much I've actually achieved. Deep sound just like a philosopher. <laughs> yeah, you just don't listen too closely, and it's, <laughs> it's all there. Yeah, that sounds like you, like you freestyled that. Yeah, well, I mean, I've definitely thought about it some, and I've heard it. Like I said, like Casa Corley mentioned part of that. So this is definitely, you know, it's floating around. But, uh, but yeah, you know, play your section and just realize how much better you are than everyone else, and then you know, then you know that you're ready. So, yeah, I like that. I'm going to take that with me and try to I, – I like to speak things into existence. So I am going to dominate the under 2000 section. Exactly. But anyway, what are, what are your goals in chess? Do you want to become a title player, P-Day master? How far do you think you can push it? Yeah. I. Uh, so uh, my partner kind of makes fun of me for this. Uh, my, my partner, my girlfriend, she's like – she points out sometimes that uh, I just don't really think in terms of goals a lot of the time. So like, uh, I don't know, right? Like uh, I, uh, when I started playing chess again in August and I think my rating at the time was 1798 and my goal, right. and I had never broken 1800. And so my goal was to break 1800. Right. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna be playing a bunch of chess. So if I could get to 2000, that would be amazing. And then I got to 2000. And then right away, I was like, all right, I went from 1800 to 2000 in three months. So now I'll do 2200. And I got up to 2100 pretty quickly and I've kind of stagnated. And I've just started to realize, just started to realize uh, how much more uh, there is to learn. And, uh, and, uh, uh, uh so, uh, so um, now I'm just feeling like just getting to 2200 eventually would be great. But uh, 
my goal for 2019 was 2100 and I already broke that twice and now that I'm down to 2092 I can break it a third time next week so how's that for beating your goals huh so you you are playing you are going to the world oh uh, no no I'm gonna play uh uh no 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 I'm just playing a tournament on here next week no I'm not going to the world open this year um I think if anything my chess goals are to travel more for chess um because that was just something I never did like to start like saving up saving up so I can so I can go to tournaments like the World Open so maybe at some point in the far future I can play Europe I think like being able to play chess around the world and going to the big tournaments I think that uh that's probably the thing that I want the most out of my chess um and otherwise uh you know, part of it is just like I'll be applying for uh, philosophy jobs to college jobs to teach philosophy like this year and next year. And if that works out, then there's this amazing thing that happens where after you've been teaching for about six years, you go up for tenure. And if you get tenure, you get job security for life. So if I get that, then yeah, then my goal is a uh, FIDE master. My goal is to become like the world's oldest international master because I'll have job security so I can... Uh, I can study chess and not have to worry about it. But uh, otherwise, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Twenty-two hundred and keep having fun. Like, think I think I'm a lot more into improving and I'm a lot more into building community around chess. Like, I spend a lot of time studying chess and I want to keep improving. But uh, part of my problem's always been I'm just not the most results motivated. Oh, that, that, that happens to me. I, I tend to be at the board and blank out. Like, I'll be analyzing something. Then I'll start thinking about women, football. No, I'm saying then I have to, you know, get refocused. You know what I'm saying? I have to work on that. Can you explain? You got an idea why why that happens? Yeah, I think, I think. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, some of it is just uh, simply uh, playing chess is fun. Working on chess is hard. Uh, and look, you know, that's maybe not the most profound thing, but like studying rook end games, that's work. Like puzzle rush is fun. Blitz is fun. Even just like playing a open game that suits you is fun. But like the hard parts are hard for a reason. Um, I think a friend of mine, Jason Sagan, who like became 2200 as an adult, he was on, uh, another podcast that a name I won't mention. And he like likened, uh, he likened studying the end game to like, college level math classes where it's like it's just really hard stuff you have to memorize and like we're gonna blank out when we're doing that because it's hard and it's a lot easier to go to the stuff we like think about basketball think about food um and I think some of that like I try and uh I try and like set set amounts of time that I'm actually gonna study chess and sometimes it's really small like I'm gonna do 20 minutes of actually working on tactics today and 20 minutes of actually reading this book today. And you know, 40 minutes of actually studying chess doesn't sound like very much, right? No, it doesn't. But like, but it is. For, yeah, 40 minutes, five days a week. So that's 200 minutes, that's over three hours. So that's, that's like 12, 13 hours in the month. And I've definitely gone months where I haven't studied, studied like really studied, focused, 13 hours of chess. And it's the same way, like trying to trying to write for school is like, we don't really have deadlines at this point, right? Like my deadline is in the next year, I should just finish everything, but I don't have anything due tomorrow. I don't have anything due next week, next month. So some days it's just like, I'm going to write for 15 minutes today. 
and that's it. And if I just write for 15 minutes every day, then a lot more is going to be written than if I tell myself, you know, if I can't write for eight hours a day, I shouldn't do it. So it's the same with studying chess. You set manageable goals, really manageable goals, 15 minutes here, an hour there. And if you do that consistently, it stays fresh in your mind. And then you, you learn, you learn how to focus a little bit. So what you're saying about like your mind just going blank and drifting, I think that's part of it is like, if every day you're training your mind to like focus for 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here, then it becomes a lot easier when you start to drift to be like, all right, we're focusing now because we know how to do that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree because I, I, boy, I'd have some thoughts go through my mind at the board. Mm. Only the Lord knows. Sometimes I crack myself up and I can't tell you some of the stuff that I done thought at the board. <laughs> Like, I really wanted to slap Joe, like, for real, because I was looking at him like, I know you're not finna just move a piece, and I don't know where his mind was at. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're gonna have to ask him that. Um, I was, I was, at that point, I was just staring at the board, like, don't look at the clock, don't let him see you look at the clock. Um, yeah, this is, uh. I think, I think my favorite thing about chess is, is having like four hours to play and just not have to think about anything else. So I definitely uh, I definitely enjoy that feeling of not having to think about anything else. But uh, but no, I'm with you. It happens. I start to worry about ratings or I start to daydream about how cool it'll be if I beat this guy. and uh, Or I just start thinking about other stuff altogether and then everything goes to, goes apart. So I think really just like having that like daily practice of like, I'm going to, even if this just starts at five minutes of, I'm going to look at this chess problem for five minutes. And if I think about something other than this chess problem, I'm going to start the timer over. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, just like, even if it's not very long and, you know, because I think that's the thing that we don't always realize is a, is a skill is like. Focusing is a skill. Like some people are more focused. You see some of those like eight-year-olds at the board, just like staring at the board, not even going up, not even going to the bathroom for six hours. They're, uh, yeah, they've got an advantage over us. But most of us is like, we can actually practice focusing more than just more than anything else. You know, just set the timer for five minutes, and if you solve the problem, go to the next one. And if you don't, that's fine. But just practicing focusing about chess. And that can be good, too. I think I need to practice uh, not thinking about chess when I should be doing other things. I think that's my problem. You ever do that? Like someone's talking to you and it's just really boring and you just start, like, practicing an opening in your head? All the time? Yep. Yeah. All the time. Sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes people are just being boring, but sometimes I feel bad doing that. All the time. Now, let's, let's ask some fun. What is your impression of Jonathan Corbly, what he did at the Chicago Open. So, what I know about Jonathan Corbly at the Chicago Open is he shows up next to me in the under 2100 section, and this is a guy who, according to his Wikipedia page, has been as high as 20, 2198. So, um, I'm not questioning his intentions, I'm not questioning his motives, but he shows up in the under 2100 section, and I say, Jonathan, what are you doing here? And he says, and I quote, I'm trying to steal your section, bro. I'm trying to win your section. So this is, I'm giving you my full impression, all right? So yep. the, the the game 30 portion goes, he, he's four for four. Uh, 
Jonathan Corbois is one of the fastest players I know. He's a very unpredictable player. So only having 30 minutes on the clock against Corbois is... No thanks. Uh, <laughs> game five starts, and now I don't know if he knew this, but game five starts, and suddenly you get 90 minutes on the clock. And, and you get 30 seconds back after each move, and you get 30 minutes after move 40. So suddenly, he's playing chess. And I didn't get to see the game. I was busy getting my ass kicked by a teenager. But in the right. Berlin of the Rui Lopez. So getting my ass kicked in a very boring way by a teenager. But here he loses. And, you know, that happens. And I hear that the game was kind of drawish. So he just blew things open. And that happens. And then he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withdraw. So he's at four out of five in a seven-round tournament. Where sure enough, six out of seven won the section. So right. he was, like he said, trying to win my section. He's doing fine. But he loses the game and just says, no, nah, I'm out. And then I don't know what happened here. I don't, I don't know what he, what, what he did or didn't do. But they pair him for round six. And he's just not there. And so he's, end, he's playing the teenager who kicked my ass, actually, and just never shows up and is forfeited. And I saw him around that morning, and he was like, I'm just going to go to the uh, Chicago Art Institute and hang out here. I'm sick of chess. So that is what I know about Jonathan Corbois at the Chicago Open. And I don't know. I think that uh, I think some of this is uh, going back to what we were saying earlier about, like, what mindset are you in when you're playing the tournament? You know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to win and that's all you're trying to do is trying to win and you lose a game and it's just not fun, then it's really hard to shake that off. Um, right. It's really hard to shake that off. But, you know, if you're there like I'm Jonathan Corbla, I'm 2200 strength. I'm going to beat all these 2000s because I am a class better than them. Then, you know, you see that and it's like, all right, that was humbling, but I'm back. I can bounce back into it. And but but at the same time, I don't know, you know. Maybe he's playing a really boring game of chess and it occurs to him that no one's making him play two more really boring games of chess the next two days. Um, (laughs) So in that sense, I think I really appreciate what he did because I think he reminded us there's this kind of uh, there's this kind of freedom we have, right? That uh, if we're not having fun, no one's making us play chess. Um, But, you know, some of that some of that though is going to be on us, right? Like if we know that we're not having fun playing the under 2100 section, unless we're winning it, then maybe we should play the under 2300, have some fun games, play some people higher rated than us. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I do know that uh, I wasted a lot of time in my round two because uh, the game next to me was Jonathan Corbaugh versus Tom Murphy. Oh, that game was so fun. Oh, yeah. I can tell you more about that game than my own game that round, and that's part of why I lost. <laughs> but uh, I really like the tournament for that. You got, like, uh, first of all, like, that under-2100 section, like, it was, like, half the players there is, like, Chicago guys and Detroit guys, and it was... So every round was fun games. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was distracting. But I don't know, man. Uh, you should you should get Corbla on the show to defend himself. Make, let him speak for himself, right? You know, I feel I feel bad going in when he's not here to uh, defend himself. So, I mean, I'll, I'll stick to the positive, which is I think that, you know, if you're not having fun, no one's going to make you play. 
Oh, I reached out to him. I reached out to him. He said he's going to come on. But I got another question. What did you think about the Detroit-Chicago chess match? Uh-huh. So, speaking as an outsider, because I am not good enough at Blitz to play for the Chicago Blitzers, um, speaking as an outsider, I am so impressed with what Nathan Kelly has built for Chicago. Um, I moved to Chicago in January, so I just moved into this thing that was up and running. But I went back and I watched the videos and I saw this has really just been over the past like two years, really. Mm-hmm. So so he's brought people together from all over the city. The level of play is really high. They push each other and they also just like they love each other. They support each other. And that kind of community that he's brought in there is exactly how I think chess should be and you know we don't always really see that until like professional levels and even then you get the feeling that like Nakamura and Caruana probably kind of hate each other so like Mm -hmm. so what he's done for Chicago is really good and uh it's also made it kind of unfair because you know if your city a lot of places they have good chess players but they just don't have that community they don't have the ability to just put together 10 people that good 15 people that good for a match but, uh, so I'll say that about Chicago, but I'll say too that um, a lot of a lot of the guys in Detroit, pound for pound, I think can go up with them. So um, so when was the last time that y'all had a match? Man, we play every week. We, we listen. We I'm just to be honest. In Detroit, we really don't like each other. We just don't like Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just the honest thing. Like we really don't care for each other. Mm-hmm. We just don't like Chicago. It's like a rivalry. Like, I don't like you. You don't like me. But we don't like losing to them. Yeah. So just for the benefit of Detroit. You know what I'm saying? We are. That's how that is. But, yeah, they played at Chicago. Joe played G. Wayne and uh, Cameron played Tom Murphy at the Airbnb house. Yeah. So so I wasn't there for that. So, uh, so next time you guys got to tell me where that is, I'll come up for that. Um, yeah, I'll post to be playing G. Wayne. Coming up. Right. Well, if, uh, if if Joseph wants his revenge, he knows where to find me. Which I'm gonna play rapid ten minutes. I'll <laughs> I'll play fives. I'll play some of the worst blitz chess you have ever seen. I'll, I'll I'll play fives if he wants fives. What is your blitz rate? Uh, USCF is 1950. Online, I tell you, online, like two years ago when I wasn't active in chess, my blitz rating online was like 2050 on a good day. And now that my USCF has gone up 300 points, you know what my blitz rating is? Don't tell me it's like 1500. It's like 2020. It's only gone down like 30 points. It ain't bad, but you know, when when your standard goes up 300 points and your blitz goes down 30 points, something's not right. But, uh... I don't know. I think some of it too is just online. Online, I not have any focus. Online, I'm like, if they take more than 20 seconds on a move, I'm opening Facebook. I'm doing something. Uh, I've learned how to focus at the board, but that just hasn't translated to uh, online. And sometimes I feel like maybe I should work on that, get really good at online blitz. And other times I'm like, it's online blitz. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. How do you you how do you feel about that? What's your uh, what's your stance on the online blitz, the National Blitz League, all that? Uh, I'm just giving you my background. All right. I am a street hustler turned chess player. Mm-hmm. Meaning is, 
I dropped out of high school. When I dropped out of high school, I had to go to the park and play for money, even though I played chess as a kid. So uh, the online stuff, I done dropped pieces. I done pre-moved and got checkmated. You see what I'm saying? I done did all. I'm just right. I done did all that dumb stuff. I done lost focus. Uh, I've been playing online. Mom saw me. I just do it um, as a hobby. It's like, for example, the other day I wanted to test out a new open. I didn't care if I won or lost. Okay, let me go on lead chess and see if this works. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, this works. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I shouldn't do this. So that's my uh, love and hate relationship with online chess. The only thing I hate about online chess is when I beat somebody and they say some out cold stuff to me, some four letter words, and then block me and log out. That's what I hate. Oh, yeah. I broke computers about that. <laughs> I, uh, somebody called me a son of a bitch and I couldn't even reply. I just told my computer. I just told my computer. And if I could find the person, I really would try to find them. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I feel like when people are, 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 just, are just straight up mean to me, I can handle it, but like when they try and tell me I got lucky, that is the one that gets under my skin. And now, to be fair, most of the time they're right, but it just gets under my skin that they're blaming me for their own fuck up. Um, True. And like that's their problem, right? I should let it go. They just have to live with that. But that's the one where I'll just turn it out and I'll either just start calling them names or I'll just like pull out stockfish and just quoting the other lines to show that I in fact was right or something and it's like I hate myself as I'm doing it but I'm, I'm just like if they're just like oh yeah if I just played any other move I'd be fine and I'll be like no you wouldn't um or, uh, or I, I, I speak a little French and sometimes people try and talk shit in French and then I'm like try and string together my like 8th grade French just to get back at them but, uh, see, see, that's what that's what you blessed that because if I do how to speak any other language, <laughs> I'm be honest with you, I'll be locked up <laughs> because I know people that, that I played over the board and said some out cold stuff to me. They better pray I don't learn a second language. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know. That's what that's what they're banking on. But uh, yeah, the whole like, I don't, and it's it's so weird, right? Because like talking shit is like the best part about playing blitz chess in person and online is just like when when you when you can't say it to someone else's face and you're doing it online it just takes on this like this like tone that 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 i just like hate and like it stops being fun and just starts like making making me mad and that's uh (laughs) so i don't know it's it's a it's more fun. I don't know. I like I like the uh, I like the slice shit where like if they've still got three minutes on their clock and they're thinking I'll just like link them to like the Lee Chess frequently asked questions page. How to resign? Mm-hmm. I like that sort of stuff. I like the slice stuff. Um, I'll I'll just. What about ICC? Yeah, I uh, I think I had an account in high school. Um. So I'm gonna show how out of the loop I'm in. Do people still play on ICC? Yes. I did not know that. Everyone's hanging out without me. This is my worst fear. I don't think a lot of people. I think it's Chess.com, Meet Chess, then ICC. Okay. It's like the last resort. It's like Yahoo Chess. That's the route <laughs> they went. 
Yeah. Still got Yahoo Chess. I haven't been on there since middle school, but I logged like 2,000 games on Yahoo Chess in middle school. I'm saying, do people still play chess on Yahoo? I'm gonna go on Yahoo right now. We're gonna we're gonna answer this question right for now. We're gonna go to Yahoo Chess. Do they even still have Yahoo? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure they still got Yahoo, but I haven't heard nobody play uh, Yahoo Chess. Ah. Uh... All right, so uh, there's a website called itstillworks.com that has an article about how, yes, in fact, Yahoo Chess still works. Wow. I'll see you on Yahoo Chess after this. Yeah, I I can't believe Yahoo Chess, Pogo. (laughs) I I can't believe Yahoo Chess is still... This is this this is the, the, the golden days of the internet, man. This is like... This is like when all you needed to be a chess site was to have a chess board that could pair you with other people. You didn't need news items. You didn't need videos. You didn't need anything. You just, I kind of miss that. I kind of miss that simplicity. This is, this is the true, this is the true story. I played somebody at a, I went to Toledo. They had a Toledo Swiss tournament. Are you familiar with them? Uh, I've not been to Toledo, but yeah, I know what a Swiss tournament is. I played a guy, and we had the old wind-up BHB clocks, right? I know. <clears throat> I won this game because the guy couldn't, the, the boy couldn't tell time. <laughs> and for real, you laughed. He was so ashamed that he didn't want to ask me. He just sat there and let his flag fall. <laughs> oh, man. That's a... Uh... This, this is a true story. We couldn't have a digital clock, so they gave us an old wind-up clock. And uh, we was like on move 15, 16. And he just, he just watched. He, at the end of the game, he's like, don't tell nobody. He was like, I don't know how to tell time on that clock. And I was like, he didn't, he was embarrassed to raise his hand as a tournament director, all that other stuff. And I was just like in disbelief. <laughs> wow. They, uh, yeah, they, God, kids today, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of him, but yeah. I'm just saying he could tell time. Wow. That's it. Every every time I see one of those old analog clocks, every time I see someone bring one out, I just like tell myself like, oh, there's about to be a fight. There's about to be a fight over whose flag fell first, over how much time was actually left, over how was that right? Like in my head, those like those are those are just fighting clocks. But you still got not tell time. Oh yeah, I've never I've never thought that there was going to be a fight because someone couldn't tell time. But yeah, I, I know how to tell time. But uh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's the that that's kinda of blowing my mind. You know how shocked I was? Like I couldn't believe he told me that. Yeah. Did did uh did did uh did you teach him how to tell time after that? Hell no, I marked <laughs> on one and went on to the next round. <laughs> I'm not there to teach time, JJ. <laughs> but if you think about the children. Man, that boy's about fifteen. <laughs> Uh God, I I I, I can't believe this. <laughs> no, that's 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 really like I know I a lot of stuff I say people don't believe me, but that stuff I be telling y'all is true. Just like the podcast I did the other day, the boy couldn't tell time. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm gonna tell you this too. This mean I, I played uh, an old guy, and uh, he was writing an old notation. Oh yeah, I didn't know it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I thought he was cheating and writing some other stuff down. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Did you uh, you call the TD over? 
yeah, I'm like, man, what, what is he, you know what I'm saying, doing? Because all I'm seeing him is right. King, you know what I'm saying, this and queen, this. And I'm like, man, what, 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 what's, what's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, what's what's a P and why is it going to K4? Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, because in Detroit we had team matches. I'm thinking he writing codes and giving, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I don't know, I'm going to ask. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather find out than be embarrassed at the end. I think that's the lesson there. Yeah, just because uh, we'll laugh at him, but at least his flag won't fall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Plus, like you said, I would rather not know how to tell time at a chess tournament than in public or at school or something. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's one of my uh, crazy, crazy chess stories. You got any crazy chess stories you want to express to the world? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I think uh, I was thinking about like why, you know, in addition to just all the other reasons, like why I stopped playing chess in high school. And a big part of it was uh, so back in time, North Carolina, we didn't have a lot of good players. So like the 1600, 1600 plus crowd was good. And of them, it was like you had two camps. You had high school and middle school kids and you had like men in their 40s or older. And some of those, some of the old, older folks, some of the adults were some of the nicest people, but others were like, you know, these are like every bad stereotype about a chess player. You know what I mean? Like, just like, doesn't seem like they have any meaningful relationships with other human beings, don't seem to care to be nice to people. And I still remember one of these guys who, uh, I won't name him, but I looked him up the other day and he's put on a whopping total of 12 rating points in the past 10 years. He like, he was like, he like swindled a kid, like a 16 year old kid that he was playing and then laughed in the kid's face about it. Like the game's still going on and uh, the kid, the kid's starting to tear up, starting to cry. And for the record, I think crying about chess is completely appropriate. I think that if you don't cry over a tough loss, that just means your heart isn't in it. So I'm with mm-hmm. I'm with the crier on that one, and then they and then during the game, clock's still going. This adult is like is like <laughs> you're crying, and the kid just like picks up a pawn and throws it at him. Oh, I just saw that happen. That's, yeah. that's nothing. I mean, but I think I think for me that kind of stuck with me is like because you know we didn't really have like uh, we didn't have a lot of cool adults play chess. You know, like there was no one like you or me there. So in my head, it was right. like if I keep playing chess one day I'm going to be that asshole who's making fun of teenagers for crying. I should stop oh, that's, yes. so that's I, not never going to be me. <laughs> no, and now, now I know that's never going to be me either. But at the time it was like, I, it, it just felt like so obvious that like, oh man, like I just don't want to be that. And so I should just like get out of chess before I wake up one day and find myself being that person. And Oh, I, got, I mean, because I got something to top, top you off. You ever heard of the Kings Island Chess Tournament? Uh, Ohio? I have not. Okay, let me tell you about this. We took some kids down there, right? Mm-hmm. We got a girl. Her name Lauren Bradford, right? She's, I think she's playing the under-1900 section, right? All right. She was, I think she's, she was about 16, 1700. She's a high school. She plays a big, big old man, right? Mm-hmm. You know this fool played her with a Halloween mask on? <sighs> No. No, oh, man, you talking about her parents, the coaches, they were mad as hell. Like, yeah. you trying to sit here and intimidate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Wow. He played her with a Halloween mask on. And the tur- I don't I think the turn the director let him do it. Oh, if, no. if something in the rule book about that. Oh hell no. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's something about like I mean I thought that anything anything that an opponent can reasonably claim is distracting. And I think a mask falls under that, right? Halloween mask. Yeah, that's uh I would say that is reasonably distracting. Uh, now, if that had been me, it'd have been a fight. Oh yeah. I would uh I would remind myself that this guy is afraid of me and that's why he's doing it. And then I would tell myself to give him a reason to prove him right to show him why he should be afraid of me. <laughs> but uh yeah, what who over uh, over a game of chess. Yeah, this is the kinds of people who come there is like this is why I'm like this is why I'm like glad to see you guys doing the podcast and the support of the podcast and stuff is like the people who play chess, who are passionate about chess, who aren't guys like that, who aren't those assholes, we need to make ourselves known. We need to be out there so people know that they can be an all right person and play chess and find other all right people. Because um, otherwise, it's just like you hear those stories and you're like, why would I play chess if it's going to be people like that? Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. You Like you said, you need good chess players out there getting their name out there because... One bad apple could make it bad for the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The whole crew. I mean, look at the uh, Marius Ashley YouTube video when the dude tried to, what, he move a piece or snatch the piece off the board or something? Whoa. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I think he tried to put a piece, uh, put it on another square and it wasn't there. That, that video got like a million some views or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, negative always gone. Oh, I do know. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't that game like in Cuba or something? No, I think they was in, I think they was in a New York at the park. Oh, okay. He didn't know Marius Ashley was a GM. I'm a sense. Oh, this is a different one. Yeah, I saw one of those recently where it was like, oh, what Marius Ashley wasn't playing it, but it was, was saw one of those where like he like queens on the wrong square. Yeah, this is, yeah, that's sort of. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That was just posted in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's like, the, and it, yeah. So uh, this is this is one of the philosophy questions that keeps me up at night, which is. Why would someone cheat at chess? Now, I don't mean like why would you cheat when you're hustling to make money. I don't mean why would you cheat when you're trying to win a tournament. I just mean like you're playing a game for a tournament. There's not really money prizes or you're out of the money or something. And you realize you could just go to your bathroom and look up Sockfish and play a move. What kind of person would do that? Like, I, I just feel so strongly that that's just like, one of the worst things you can do and like why would somebody cheat cheat like that you know yeah but i don't know but people people do it people will pe- people people are doing you see i've seen uh i've seen parents coaching their kids in the middle of a game i've seen seen people arguing about a touch move when hands weren't touched just to get a couple rating points it's i don't get it and uh I'm not always the most honest person in other things, but cheating at chess is just like, that's where I draw the line. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been playing chess or playing somebody and you just been, let's say you crushing them positionally. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden he gets up, walks away and he just make a move out the norm. And you just like, I know this motherfucker didn't come up with this move by himself because he ain't been playing like this the whole tournament. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've had that feeling. 
I'm just I'm just asking. Mm-hmm. Like you just been crushing somebody. Yeah, and it's it's never happened to the point where I've made a complaint about it. Um, right. But a couple times it's come close. But okay. Uh, but there's de- I think there's definitely a because you know you don't want to be that you don't want to be that guy right you don't want to be the guy who starts losing and then complains about everyone cheating. Right. But sometimes yeah you know like this guy forgot his opening on move six is clearly in an inferior position comes by makes this amazing positional sacrifice that only a computer could see and then suddenly everything's tied together and it's like something yeah there's something here that uh that i think i think i know what went on but just don't know what to do about it but yeah it it happens it uh And what what do you do? Usually, usually, like I said, it's never happened so bad where I've been like, I know this is cheating. So here, I just go through the game and hope that uh, hope that he forgets what he looked up in the bathroom. And uh, the, worst, the worst is done is I've like definitely followed people when they've walked away from the board before. Um, but uh, but I've never I've never seen something, but uh. What can you do, right? Like, you- let me give you an example. Last year, Chicago Open, right? Mm-hmm. They had a uh, I am from uh, Mexico that was winning the tournament. I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's like Diamo something. Mm-hmm. They made him strip naked because <laughs> they said he was pushing too good. Mm-hmm. What you think? Now, this is an international mask. Oh, man. They made him get butt booty naked. Mm-hmm. Because he was accused of making strong, strong stockfish moves. And it was GMs, other GMs on uh, Facebook saying, yeah, man, his, his moves, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ain't right. And, but it was another GM that said that's how he plays. He's just inconsistent. Mm-hmm. One tournament he may play push 26, 2700. Another tournament he he may play 23, 2400. That's just him. Right. Made him get naked. That's a uh, yeah. See, I I just I just don't want to do that to somebody, you know. Especially if I'm like. If I have any doubt, if I have any doubt that maybe I'm just making excuses for myself or they just got lucky, I'm not trying to do that to another person. But uh, maybe I should start doing that just when I'm playing people I don't like. I should just say they're cheating just so people make them do that. I'm just, but I'm just like, how does man feel? Be a professional. And you make him get naked. Yeah. This is... Yeah, there, there's got to be some limits on what you can or can't make people do. Yeah, man, I'm not getting naked at no chest time unless I'm screwing. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> Think about the psychological disadvantage. And then after that, he had to go play. Yeah. I think he ended up losing his game after that, man. Come on, man. So that's the part where, like, I think that's the part where people need to, like, realize that they need better policies is, like, every story you hear about somebody being like strip searched or like harassed there's like there's like a tournament where like Anna Rudolph that uh, I am who's on chess.com like 
her like first breakthrough tournament, all of the men she was playing were like saying she had to be cheating. She had to have like, she had some lip gloss and they're like, oh, she has a computer and her lip gloss. They, uh, they didn't make her get naked. I'm sure that would have been a lawsuit, but they like, they like gave her the runaround and kept like trying to get her to admit she was cheating. And then she lost her next game and like, exactly like this i told you she was cheating yeah <laughs> and, then, and then that's what they say like yeah you know after we like hammer her three hours about how she's a cheater and a fraud she loses her game that just proves it and it's like we you, you can't let people do that you know um yeah that's that's that you said that's that's uh that's 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 crazy that's 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 really uh <clears throat> that's 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 really crazy. Let me ask you another question. Who are some of your favorite chess players? Hello? Oh, you saw there? Alright, good. Thought you dropped off for a second. JJ. Oh. Okay, JJ, let's get back into it. I can't let you leave without having some fun, right? Of course. So, if you know this podcast, we play we play games, right? Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this part. So, one of the games we play is you got to pick a chess player that you can hang out with, right? Mm-hmm. Throw hands with, right? <laughs> hmm? All right. And... We're going to switch it up. Uh, okay. You want to name a, a female. It could be any female that you want to slide in their DMs. We're going to mix the games up. All right. But it's got to be a female, huh? I hope so. Hey, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was, all right. So hang with, hang with. And we're talking, we're talking all time here, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, anybody. Yeah. All right. So I think I think I think the boring answer is just Grishuk, just because you never know what's going to come out of that guy's mouth. But you know, you don't always. That's fun to watch, but that's not always fun to hang out with. Uh, probably, probably drinking with Tal. Like, let, let's be real here, right? Like, just just seeing seeing what he does. I, I get the impression that going out drinking with that guy is more or less like watching him play chess it's uh it's unpredictable so yeah i'm gonna that'll be boring but drinking with tal uh throw hands with uh first of all before you ask that question do you got any chess beef out there that we need to know about oh not to my knowledge but maybe maybe listeners will correct us uh i don't hold grudges i just get revenge on people but um there, uh, there might be some people who feel who feel differently, but uh, 
I do not believe I personally have beef with any chess players. Now, take a minute and to think mm-hmm. about it now. Okay. Do you know something I don't? No, I'm just saying. I'm just getting, you know, you <laughs> think about it. You know, you play a lot of okay. chess. Remembering lines. <laughs> all right let me think let me go through all right so i guess man i just i, I i'm just such a delightful person you know no, no one ever can stay mad at me for too long but uh <laughs> there was a But there was this uh, there is this high school in North Carolina. There's there's one private high school that uh, they had a chess coach, like full time job chess coach, right? And pretty much what he did was he told all the kids play the play the most boring openings you can. Just like don't try too hard. Don't worry. Don't get out of book. So like we're talking like exchange slav london system d4 e3 so in high school every time i played one of those kids i would be ready to to turn that into a fight and that's just for simple like you're about to bore bore the crap out of me for three hours so i'd rather just settle this off the board right um but uh so i'm but i don't want to name that coach's name because he's still he's still an active member of community but uh i've always held a grudge against him for doing that for doing that for teaching his kids to play the boring lines yeah and uh but but as far as far as sorry who you who who, who, and who dm you would like to slide up in (laughs) it don't even gotta be oh man I think all I'm going to say to that is, uh, you know, if, 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 if I, for, for the people whose DMS I wanted to slide in, I probably, I probably slid in them already. Um, I don't, there's not usually this, uh, I want to, but I'm not going to going on. Uh, let me... <laughs> you got to give my answer. All right. All right. I'm waiting on. Answer. Uh, no, I want to. I want. I want to keep it chess related because that's more interesting. So I'm thinking. I'm just not really. Uh, I'm just not really as as up on it. But uh, hey, you know, respect. Somebody respect. said Judith Fogger. I mean, I don't. She's she's not my type. But like, that's if you're gonna, if you're if if you're going for a chess player, you might as well go for the best, right? Okay, uh, she's not my type, but what is your idea? Uh, oh god, no! Oh, not 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 Jessica Simpson. Um, my uh, my girlfriend always makes fun of me because I claim I don't have a type. Um. Oh, oh, oh! Okay, that's why you put on that. But no, let's just say let's just say I'm pretty happy on that. But um. But uh, no, I'm trying. But but you tell me. Do you have a do you have a chess DM? Who you slide in? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I slide DMs all the time. Siobhan Tree, Miss Martinez from Detroit. Uh, I've been in, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a professional DM slot, especially up in Detroit. Uh, Chess Mom, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sliding all in. Electric sliding, backflip sliding, Michael uh, Phelps fresh stroking in. I'm in all types of DMs. I'm surprised <laughs> ain't nobody. Well, uh, who's the last person who responded? <laughs> all unresponsive to you, wild man. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> What are you talking about, man? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I've uh, yeah, I well, I mean, the the person I'm dating now, it started with a, uh, yeah, we started, we started, we started dating through a DM slide, actually. So this is this is this this this, this is I think why I'm being so coy about the answer, right? Is uh, because what. When I when I do oh, it, wanna, it goes well. So if I'm just way. like, oh, you know, I'll just slide, I'll just slide over there. Is like that's a lot more serious than you know if you didn't meet your girlfriend through a DM slide, right? Yeah. 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 I agree. Right. I agree. Okay. All right. Let's play another game. Soft move. Excellent. Boss move. Right. Okay. Soft move or boss move. Jonathan Corblad winning four games, losing his fifth one and dropping out of tournament. I'm I'm sorry, Jonathan, but that's a soft move. No, I disagree, man. That's that's a boss move, bro. Yeah, I'm that's a it's like, a boss move, but uh, all right. I mean, I, I see it, but you know, I don't know. It's time. It's it's time to have fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's just my opinion. It's like. Y'all come here to chase this money. I don't even need this money. I'm out. Meet me in the Skittles room. We gonna play. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I think that that perspective changes my mind. I I agree. I think that... uh, I think that... uh, There's a little piece of me that wonders... if I might be projecting, but if that was me, I'd be afraid about losing even more, and that would be part of why I drop out, and that's why I think it's soft. But I can't speak for Jonathan. I think you're right. For him, he just doesn't need the money. <coughs> he he doesn't need to waste more time playing boring chess, so he drops out, and I can respect that. For me, it would be because I was afraid of losing even more, and I don't let myself do that. Cool, cool. Nice Joe time. You want a soft? Yeah. Ball? All right. Let's do it. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Hmm. You, you got to be quick with your questions. So you got to, you know, you're a philosopher. Philosophy is a very slow process. It's been around for 5,000 years and we haven't solved shit. But all right. Freestyling question. All right. Soft move or boss move? Um, Play in the quick section at major tournaments because uh, because you play a lot of blitz and you're worried that slow games won't go well. Uh huh. Well, that's a boss uh-huh. move, man. I got I got stuff to do, man. You see what I'm saying? That's why we. If it was up to me, a two day should be two days game and thirty all the tournaments, man. That stuff be long. <laughs> I can't slide in. All right, yeah. Five day. All right. 
Okay, let, let me let me, no, let me give you an example, right? We was in Chicago. We used to play that chess tournament. We was going to leave the tournament and go to the strip club, right? We couldn't go because mm-hmm. one of our homeboys played the longest goddamn game ever. When it was over, <laughs> we were asleep. Yeah, yeah. We, we ready to go. We we sleep. We knocked out. You know what I'm saying? We can't even get strip club happy no more because he done played that long, boring, I think about 154 moves game. That yeah, yeah. For us. And it was That's like the a... last day. I mean, I, I... so you just got to make sure You guys are in yep, just killed it. <laughs> all right, yeah, just killed it. I, I see that. I think the, uh, the so that's always for me is you know when people are like, oh, you know, I play for a fast player, so I don't want to play the slow games. It's like when you play the slow games, that's where the real chess happens. But I agree with you. When you play the slow games, that's when uh, you can't put your life on hold for five days. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Now, anything else? I'm going to give you the close and flow for you. Close out anything you want to say. Promote. Yeah, uh, anybody who wants a game. Um, I've just started playing on Chess 24. I mean, try and stick to that. Alexander Kablunts. So, like, Tal's trainer, Kablunts, except uh, the word blunts at the end. So, get me a game there. And... Nathan Kelly, I want to be on the Blitzers. I don't know if I'm good enough, but I don't care. Nathan Kelly, give me a chance. This is Nathan Kelly. This is your call-out post. So was one of the reasons I came on here. Just give me a chance to prove it. Um, I'm ready. I know that you guys are fast. I know you guys have all your Blitz openings and stuff, but just give me a chance. See what happens. Uh, otherwise... Uh, you guys let me know next time you're in Chicago for a tournament, for the class, for anything else. And, uh, no, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. I want you to recommend or inbox me some philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, always happy to talk about that. The thing, the thing with, uh, studying philosophy is you get so specialized that like, it would be like if you were getting a PhD in philosophy, but like your dissertation was on like the Bishop G5 Nidorf and you didn't know anything else about chess. You could give Nidorf lines to move 30, but you didn't even know what the French defense was and you didn't even know what a rook end game was. That's kind of how I feel about philosophy is I know a lot about one thing, but uh, it's a good thing. So I can, I, I can, uh, I can give you some um, inbox. I, I, I can, uh, I can get in your DMs about that uh, and send you some recommendations. Cool. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to holler at Nathan Kelly, man. Uh, that man, means a lot. That means a lot. Me and uh, that means the next time I'll see you will be in a ad- adversarial fashion. Yep. Take it. Yep. Getting pony stumped on by Detroit, like you say. Well, I appreciate it. I'm finna end this podcast. Next time y'all be hearing from me, I'll be at the World Open. I'll be waiting here for it. And good luck with the World Open. Let me know if you want to play a few training games or anything, too. All right, you too. All right, man. Thank you, man.